Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyberspace through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back again, and we're uh, got a lot of new, new stuff for you. Uh, sometimes I apologize to our regular listeners. We have thousands of them out there that call the show regularly, and some more than that listen to the show, but don't call. That's okay, whatever you're comfortable with. But uh, no more exciting time than uh, these days right here in the automobile industry, whether you're a manufacturer uh, or a retailer. And I usually mention on the show that uh, this team here, we're retailers. We have an automobile automobile dealership in North Palm Beach, Florida. I say Florida and North Palm Beach because uh, we're all over the place. Uh, our mystery shopping report today was done in Pennsylvania. And we have callers from out of the country, uh, uh, from all over the country. Uh, we're truly uh, international. And uh, I think that we're doing some good. I, I see a positive trend toward the unfair and deceptive trade practices that have been carried on by automobile dealers, particularly in the United States, for, I guess, about 100 years. It's hard to believe that, but uh, the uh, retail uh, franchise system for automobile dealers has been around that long, and I guess from the very get-go, there have been some pretty sneaky behavior to get more money than they're entitled to, to sell you cars that you shouldn't be buying, and to trick you into buying a car. Now, before I get too carried away, let me say this. There's some good dealers out there, and we find them. Uh, There's not a lot of them, and I won't tell you whether the dealer we mystery shopped um, yesterday in Pennsylvania uh, was good or bad, but you'll find out. We do the mystery shop at the end of the show. That's to keep you listening, because it's truly, truly exciting. I mean, if there's one thing on this show that nobody but nobody has ever done, is send a undercover agent into a car dealership, uh, totally disguised as to the fact that they are not a real buyer or a lessor. They're not leasing or buying uh, or maintaining. Sometimes we even do service shops. So they go in and they record everything that happens. I don't mean video or audio record in their mind, and they write it down. Uh, it's illegal in many states to uh, record video without permission, so we don't do that. But uh, right after the visit, uh, for the f- recollection still fresh in the undercover agent, our current one is Agent Lightning. Uh, she records that information, gives it to my son, Stu. By the way, Josh Stewart, his brother, is sitting in for Stu today. And uh, Josh will be doing the Mystery Shopping Report. In fact, he's integrally involved with the Mystery Shopping Report also. So, if you haven't heard a Mystery Shopping Report on Earl on Cars, uh, you don't have to stay tuned for two hours. It'll be, you, uh, you can turn it off and then come back on around eight, uh, about 9.30 and you'll hear the mystery shopping report. But it's really cool. Rick? No. 
They should listen to the entire two hours. <laughs> well, we like You're it. You're wonderful. We like it. We like it. I know. I know you. I know you think I'm wonderful, Rick. Thank you very we're, much. We're awesome. I think you're wonderful. <laughs> but the show is interesting. If you're thinking about buying a car, <clears throat> our advice to you is just don't buy a car. Okay. I think we have a caller. We prioritize callers. So Nancy Stewart, my co-host here, will introduce her. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, good morning, John. You're an early caller. Welcome to the show. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Thank you so much. Okay. I've called several times before. I called a couple of times and talked to Rick uh, and Earl about this Mercedes Benz I had, and it was just 2003 and it messed me up. So I spent some money, so I just kind of cut the line. So my wife wanted a Genesis, and so uh, SUV, GB80 or whatever. And I said, I talked about it. I said, no. I said, what we're going to get. And she agreed with me, a Toyota, uh, either a Highlander mm-hmm. or a Forerunner. Mm-hmm. And so I hate going to the car places. I hate it because this one, I live in Stewart and the Treasure Coast guys, when mm-hmm. I've gone there before in the past to get a part for, for my cars, they, they just like a bunch of piranhas. So I hated it. I said, okay, but you do the talk and I'm not going to say anything. So we get out and we're looking at all the cars. So we found the, the Highlander stuff. And then after about 10 minutes, this fellow named Shane came out. He said, could I help you? And we said, mm-hmm. we told him what we're doing and everything. And so he said, well, okay. He says, let me go get a key and you can get in and look at it. And so that was it. He, we looked at it. We showed She showed it to us. We walked away. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, wait a minute. I said, you know, I've been here before. I said, and it's like a bunch of piranhas. I said, but <laughs> you were really courteous. You were polite. You uh, answered our questions. And he gave us your card. And I said, uh, I asked him what his name was. He says, well, we have a new general manager, and he said we're going to treat people like human beings. So oh. I just thought, <laughs> might, yeah, I know. You, you, you might want to know that because before it was very unpleasant. I didn't even like to go and get parts because, yeah, can I help you? I said, I'm just getting some parts. Can I help you? No, I'm just getting parts. You know, so, so there's, I haven't heard one on them lately, but I know in the past they probably weren't very good. Well, John, thank you. That's great news. I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news all the time. I love little uh, uh, beacons of light uh, like this that come through with your calls. And uh, we will recheck Treasure Coast Toyota. Um, I'd love to ha- find a, a uh, conscientious, uh, caring car dealership in South Florida, especially. We call that the belly of the beast or Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> we have all sorts of names, but we find nice places outside of the state, but South Florida seems to be really bad. I really hope, I know the owner of Treasure Coast Toyota, his name is Sandy Woods, and he's a gentleman. I like him. Uh, we've been friends for a long time. And uh, mm-hmm. when you have a lot of dealerships, sometimes it's hard to keep track of what each individual one is doing. But uh, thanks for your call, and uh, we will respond. You will see a mystery shopping report on Treasure Coast Toyota shortly. And I can't thank you enough for the call. Yeah, the, and the, the guy's name was Sean Duffer, and I told him, I, I asked him if he ever listened. He said, yeah, I listen to it every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so, so said, well, Encouraging. I'm going to mention your name. Encouraging. Well, oh. you know, I, we're, I've been having kind of a rough morning, uh, John, and your call just put a smile on my face. So uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll try to get Sean when we when we go to Treasure Coast. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, it's Shane, H-A-N-E, Shane. Okay. Oh, Shane. Okay, Shane, not Sean. Yeah. Very good. 
Thanks again. You have a great day, and uh, please call again next you week. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a blessed day, buddy. Thank you, my okay, friend. Bye bye. Thank you, John. Uh, we we definitely enjoy uh, the company uh, of our listeners, of our callers, texters, everyone, uh, YouTube. Uh, you guys do such a great job uh, every single Saturday morning. We love hearing from you, and uh, we learn something from you. Uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. You can also text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymous feedback. Com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. You know, again, talking about uh, John's call, um, uh, it's, this is what makes the show so important. It's real time. It's what's happening today. And so much of the news we get is yesterday's news. So we, we're seeing change for the good and for the worse. Here we see a hopeful, uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed, change for the better with Treasure Coast Toyota in Stewart, Florida. And we will visit them uh, shortly, maybe not next week, but the week after, and we will verify that. And then we'll move them to the recommended list or raise their score. Uh, We have uh, the good dealer list and the bad dealer list on EarlOnCars.com. That's our blog site. And so we're... uh, we're a story uh, in motion. We're, we change every week, every day, and things are starting to get a little bit better. I think, uh, I think in the next few years you'll see some major changes in the way cars are bought and sold. Uh, before I get too much hung up on the sales, you heard Rick earlier. Rick Kearney is sitting next to me. Uh, he's a certified diagnostic master technician. Uh, simply speaking. Speaking, he just knows everything about cars. I, I know that's a slight overstatement. Nobody knows everything about anything. But if anybody knows everything, it's Rick. If you have a problem with your car, and I'm re- advising you today, we advise you today here at Erlong Cars, don't buy a car. Don't lease a car. Wait. Things are changing for the better. The car prices are at all-time highs. I'm not going to say they're going to go back to all-time lows, but they're coming down. And they will come down further. If you can possibly wait, wait. And during that waiting period, you need to have good transportation. And you need to be sure your car is running okay. If you have a little symptom you're worried about, uh, if you hear a little noise, you smell something funny, you uh, a little vibration in your car, your light, a warning light came on, all these things, why, why be nervous about it? Why get stranded on the highway? Call Rick Kearney. You can call him here at 877 877- 960-9960-877-960-9960 or if you got a smartphone go to YouTube ErlonCars.com forward slash I'm sorry yeah no <laughs> got it backwards if you go to YouTube.com forward slash ErlonCars YouTube.com forward slash ErlonCars and he monitors that channel on YouTube so you can ask Rick his question directly and we also encourage you, if you can, uh, send them an audio clip or a video clip of the symptoms. You know, the noise uh, or maybe the, what you're seeing. We don't have smell vision yet, so you can't describe that. But describe the symptoms either verbally or, or more uh, specifically with uh, a, a clip you can send to um, YouTube.com. And he can see that and he'll respond. Uh, we also have a text number, 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Audio, text, and our most unique spot, we get a lot of calls on this, or I say responses, I should say. It's your 
anonymousfeedback.com. Now, Josh Stewart is monitoring that along with our test uh, text. So it's your Y-O-U-R, anonymous, A-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com, youranonymousfeedback.com. And you can say anything you like. We don't know who you are, where you are. Uh, we get a surprisingly number of positives. We don't have a lot of attacks on your anonymous feedback, but we don't mind. The only thing we censor when we read them, we read them all. Sooner or later, we read them all. But we, if there's profanity or vulgarity, we're, obviously we're not going to put that out on the air. But we'll put in, a, we'll say bleep or blank or something like that. So if you want to swear at me, that's fine. I'll say blankety blank and then get the uh, context to your message and we'll answer it. So we got texting, we got audio calling, we have your anonymous feedback, we got youtube.com forward slash real on cars, and we have Facebook dot com forward slash real on cars and that's josh he monitors that uh, nancy stewart as you just heard earlier if you've been tuned in uh, she monitors the phone and when you call in on the phone 877-960-9960 we stop what we're doing nancy taps me on the shoulder i stop in mid-sentence and we prioritize callers why because you're driving along the highway and you're you're going to make a call. We you probably shouldn't be calling anyway, but we don't want you to worry about holding uh, anywhere. And we only have about five lines coming in. Sometimes we get real busy, and then you get a busy signal, and we hate that. So that's why we prioritize phone calls. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Now Nancy Stewart, she's a very strong female advocate. You ladies out there, we know a lot. A lot of you are listening. Uh, thanks for Nancy, because we've been doing this for almost 20 years. Uh, she has a special offer. If you haven't called the show before, if you're female and you're a first-time caller, there's a special offer. Your regulars know what it is, but if you haven't, stay tuned. I'm going to turn the mic over to Nancy now, and she'll tell you all about it. Good morning, ladies. We have a special offer for you. Please, take advantage of it. I know you can use it. First two female callers. You win yourself $50 this morning. First two new female callers. And uh, you can share anything with us, whether it be uh, just to say hello or, well, possibly a purchase you made, leasing, anything at all, anything in service also. And it is for the first two new lady callers. So give us a call, 877-960-9960. And we are going to go back to the phones where John from Palm City is waiting. He is a regular caller. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Earl Stewart has talked in the past, of, in spite of the robust car market, of companies that are into trouble or may not be around any longer. I'd like to mention one with people who would be a little shocked over it. This company was formed about 10 years ago, originally from drive time. Anybody want to guess what the company is? Hmm. I give up. The answer is Carvana. Carvana Ooh. has tremendous problems. The stock is down uh, 90% from its peak. They bought Odessa, which is Odessa is the second largest car auction company, for $2.2 billion. They're having trouble with the financing of that money. They're also having layoffs. They built 33 of these so-called vending machines, like, like a soda vending machine. <laughs> Uh, and it continues, but the major problem is they have multi-lawsuits. What are the lawsuits about? Class action. Uh, just in one example, William Stalls of North Carolina 
he was stopped the speeding in his in his Hyundai Sonata. Mm-hmm. When he was stopped, they found twelve. They, he had the car for a year. Twelve temporary plates from Georgia, Tennessee, oh. <laughs> Arkansas, and Arizona. They ran the VIN number and found out that the car was registered to somebody else. Oh boy! They immediately arrested him. Hmm. He was arrested. He was spent over eight hours in, in uh, jail. He had a post bond, and they found out that that car was all these temporary plates that were issued were unnecessary, basically, because they don't do their proper paperwork. Wow. And there's other examples of that. Uh, a question I want to ask Earl, in the state of Florida, can they issue a temporary for the same car more than once? Uh, yeah, but uh, not one line after the other. You're, they, they, the, technically, you can only issue one temporary tag uh, when you sell a car. Then you're supposed to have the real tag. But if another, if they trade that car in five years later and the car gets sold again, then you could have another temporary tag. But to have that many in the car, something fishy was going on because you just don't keep... Now, in practice, I don't want to get too uh, granular here, but sometimes dealers do put a second temp tag on, but I've never heard of 10 temp tags. That would be a new record. Yeah, that's excessive there. This is an actual case, and there are others, but I won't get into the details. uh, Of states involved, uh, Pennsylvania already has uh, revoked their temporary, temporary revocation of the issue, any tags, and had them several times because of many of these other incidences. Mm -hmm. But uh, the main thing about them is layoffs have started. This department that's in charge of registering the cars is evidently defunct. It's it's one joke. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if you don't have the proper registration or ownership of a car, technically they don't have any right to issue a temporary, and that's what they're in deep trouble for. Yeah, that that happens. You know, I suppose... You know, sometimes these temp tags lay around in a closet somewhere. Anybody can go in and grab a handful of them, and you can sell them. I mean, it's just there's there's very little enforcement on it. One thing, John, if anybody out there has this bad experience, if they can't contact the state uh, Department of Motor Vehicles, whichever state it's in, the state of Department of Motor Vehicles regulates the life and death of a car dealer. They can they can take away their license, basically put them out of business, bankrupt them. Uh, they can fine them. They don't have to go through the judicial process. Uh, there, it's a agency that has enormous power over car dealers. So, if you get flim flam by a car dealer, especially on something like a temp tag, a quick fill out the form, Department of Motor Vehicles in your state, and when they get it, they will contact the dealer personally, and they will jump and act on anything from the DMV. They don't even, sometimes they'll ignore lawyers, they'll ignore the Federal Trade Commission, the dealers will ignore a lot of people, they won't ignore the Department of Motor Vehicles. Well, the good news, I, met, I read some of the lawsuits, and it's nothing involved with Florida. Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, these are big class action suits for the same type of reason that I gave mm-hmm. about issuing temporary tags for a long, long time and not properly giving the people the proper registration for the cars. So I just want to mention that people will be kind of shocked that it's a big outfit like Calvana. I think at one time they were the second or the third uh, largest after AutoNation mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, you know used car business. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, John, thank amazing. you. Very, very informative. And, uh, yeah. You're a great caller. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. you. You never cease to amaze us, John. Uh, week in and week out, you come to the show with so much information. And uh, 
you know, bring us a lot of things to light that nobody really knows about. Uh, we do indeed. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for being there. I know you'll enjoy the mystery shopping report. Don't forget to grade it. Okay, we're going to go, uh, we're going to stay with the phones, and uh, we're going to go to Sarah Lynn, who is calling from Boynton Beach. Good morning, Sarah Lynn. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Earl. Good morning, all of you. Thank you. So, I was just listening to John, so that means I have to get all my licenses out of my trunk now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It was just a joke. <laughs> so... I really just called to say thank you and good morning to all of you. And I love your show. I just thank want you. you to know. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sarah Lynn. It's we my enjoy- pleasure. I wish you all a fantastic day. Thank you. We enjoy your company. And I love Give us a call you. again. Our number here is 877-960-9960. Ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. And please don't forget your anonymous feedback www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I think let's uh, get into some text or anonymous feedbacks, uh, YouTubes, whatever we have. What do we have in the backlog? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> we have uh, Emery's text. She's always uh, always first on the uh, docket. Mm-hmm. Uh, greetings. Thursday morning, I was driving along North Lake heading to your dealership for the six-month maintenance checkup on my Camry. Suddenly, a fire truck flew past me, and there were more vehicles with flashing lights coming up fast. When I got closer, I saw several fire trucks at your dealership. One, what happened? Two, is everyone okay? Three, is this the first time anything like that has happened? Thanks. Um, we did have a, a small fire in a vehicle um, that was put out quickly by a fire extinguisher, and everyone's okay. Um, the, the only the only danger really was from the fire extinguishers the, that those uh, the, mm-hmm. uh, the the chemicals they use to suppress a fire aren't good for people. So we had a uh, clear out the service department for about 10, 15 minutes. Well, see, I didn't even know about that. If Anne Marie hadn't told me, <laughs> my, my sons didn't think it's significant enough to call me. Uh, tell, we, us we, more, we, tell me more about the fire, Josh. <laughs> uh, I, I, I believe there was a fuel injector uh, repair being done and um, some, you know, really. Mechanic just, was smoking while he was doing that. Uh, no, no, I don't, I, I don't believe that was the case. Only afterwards. I need some details. I hate to call the fire department to find out, but what, what happened? Uh, the best I can guess is. Oh, you that, weren't there. Uh, no, it was uh, about, oh, let's Rick, see, about. Rick the distance, knows nothing. No, the, the distance <laughs> from you to me, that's, that's where I was. Uh-huh. It was my car. I was working on the car. Oh, now here we go. Rick's car caught on fire. This is good radio, and, ladies and, and gentlemen. Rick, and Rick says he wasn't smoking <laughs> until later. I'm only kidding. <laughs> yeah, afterwards, a, a little bit. <laughs> but uh, tell, uh, tell us the whole story. There was I'm a, I'm a, an I'm issue a, with the fuel line. I'm still not even, I have no real way to, <laughs> to say what happened Were you injured? specifically. No injuries. Why don't, uh, why just, don't you have any eyebrows? <laughs> <laughs> He's been they, fucking them. They, they kind of disappeared a little bit, uh-huh. just some of them. Um, uh, but basically, uh, the engine was running on the car with you know with the uh, hose on the exhaust, uh-huh. and unfortunately, a fuel line split mm-hmm. or leaked, mm-hmm. and suddenly we had a nice whoomph, a big fireball. Uh-huh. And the unfortunately, the first fire extinguisher we grabbed, something was defective with that first fire extinguisher. Oh, we haven't had our so it, fire extinguishers inspected <laughs> like we should. Well, we have, but this one ah, apparently got missed on it. A rogue fire yep. extinguisher. And 
So we suddenly wound up with three other fire extinguishers involved mm-hmm. and a massive cloud of yellow powder and smoke. Uh-huh. And it seemed like it took uh, something like 15 or 20 minutes, but I'm sure it was more like about less than a minute total. No one was injured? Nope. Nobody injured, and just a lot of... how bad was the car uh, damaged? Uh, the car was burned up pretty good. Burned up pretty good. Yeah. yeah. What did the customer say? The customer, the customer was surprisingly understanding, um, uh-huh. and uh, and obviously we're going to complete make them whole. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Okay, I mean, folks. It's, this it's is, one thing this, to this just, is uh, this is live radio, folks. See, you can't get this anywhere, and uh, uh, so isn't it amazing? Uh, caller calls in, saw fire trucks going to my dealership, and I didn't know anything about it. And the mechanic who was sitting to the right of me was working on the car that they caught fire. Now, you can't make this stuff up. And uh, he said it was spontaneous combustion because it was just one of these things that well, there, no, there nothing was, caused the flame. It there just, was a fuel leak. Yeah. And unfortunately, now, let's, this is a, a good public safety announcement to uh, anyone. Okay, that's what, we, that's what this is. This is a public safety announcement. Bear, bear in mind, every one of us goes to the gas station. Well, you don't let's, anymore. Let's keep this, let's, let's keep this <laughs> on the car. But, well, it, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'll get there. But gasoline is an extremely dangerous chemical. I know. I also know I have a degree in physics. Did yeah. you know that? And I know, yeah. I know that you cannot ignite gasoline vapors without a spark or a flame. So it yeah. wasn't because the engine was hot. There was a spark or a flame. And we just don't know where that spark or flame came from, do we? Almost any electrical connector could have had a, a yeah. minor little spark. Okay. Uh, but gasoline how long vapors. You, how long have you been can working on cars? Detonate very easily. Uh, for your dealership, 27 years have now. Have you ever had a car catch on fire while you were working on it before? This is my third. Oh, third. Oh, I didn't know that. Was that in your resume when I heard you? <laughs> well, they so all occurred they all here, Dad. Well, this is the first one I've heard. They all, they all occurred to your dealership. I think we've devoted enough time to we, that. We, we so have thanks. about uh, several fires a yeah. week that you don't know about. Uh, Jonathan, can you do an audio? We'll do a YouTube video on this. And this will be, uh, I'll, I'll come up with a really good title. I think it's going to go viral. So uh, let's get back to the basics here. Do we have any callers? Well, there's, there's more to Anne Marie's uh, text here. Uh, ho- hold oh, on good. for a second. Yeah, I no. want to pick myself up off the floor. Okay, okay Josh. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and before I continue to the second part of her text, I would like to give a, a big shout out to the North Palm Beach Fire Rescue yes. uh, for their quick uh, and speedy, uh, speedy uh, trip to the dealership. I understand that they stay close to Rick Kearney. I mean, they, they, they have a, a truck. <laughs> He has like a caravan of yeah. uh, police of emergency yeah. vehicles that follow him around. Just exactly. In case. I I have a new entourage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, they do know Rick because Rick does classes for the. I'm not joking. Now this is talking cheek. He does classes for fire departments and police departments. This is true. On on hybrid vehicles, so they all know him really well, and they by knowing him really well, they know they keep a man in a truck close to Rick at all times. So, uh, <laughs> The second part of Anne Marie's text. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, moving on from that, she goes, P.S., I think a book based on the questions and comments generated by your radio show would be a great idea. It does sound like a good idea. Well, my third book. Because yeah, <laughs> I've got, I've got well, I didn't even tell Josh this, Nancy knows, uh, the final draft, the first draft of the, of the, of the book is ready. And uh, I'm getting it today or yesterday. It might have come in already, and we'll be reviewing the book. So that is uh, Revelations of a Recovering Car Dealer. And book three, I love the idea, will be Earl on Cars. 
you know. Uh, she even has a few uh, suggestions for the titles. Oh, great. Uh, first one is The Radio Show Chronicles, Where Knowledge is Power. I love it. I Number love two, it. The Radio Show Chronicles, Where the Public Hears Car Dealer's Secrets. Ooh. And last but not least, Grilled. A car dealer spills his secrets. Oh, oh I like that one. Yeah. And we could tell the grilled, we could do the fire part. <laughs> oh, I wish we had some real sound effects here. Jonathan, we need a rim shot for next week. Okay. Um, so that's it for Anne-Marie. Those are wonderful titles. And, and, and a special thank you for stimulating probably the most exciting impromptu conversation in the history of Erlon Cars. Oh, thank you, Anne-Marie. We love hearing from you every Saturday morning. You've become a great part of the show a fixture of the show <laughs> okay okay josh do you yeah have i have some more text let's, uh, do let's do it we can get back to rick on a less uh, controversial topic um or humorous as it were <laughs> i had my rear brakes done on a 2011 46,000 mile forerunner uh, along with the tires rotated after that i had a vi- vibration in uh in my steering wheel and a little wobble i had the truck tires balanced and i still feel a slight vibration with a subtle bounce in the back of my truck any ideas Mm. So rear brakes and a rotation. Rear brakes and rotation. The rotation probably is what prompted by moving the tires up to the front. Those front tires might have been out of balance a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if they only balance just the front tires, that's going to correct that feeling up in the steering wheel and in the front end. If you're feeling it more in the seat, then maybe one of those back tires was improperly balanced or needs to be and needs to be rebalanced. Or they might also want to check the road force of the tires to make sure that uh, the tires hasn't got excessive road force, which is it's a measurement of the stiffness of the sidewall of the tire. Is that a good rule of thumb if the vibrations in the steering wheel is more likely from up front and if it's yes. in the seat that's in the back? Yes. That's cool. And I also pay attention to if you're feeling the vibration at highway speeds, say somewhere between 45 and 65 it's most likely a tire balance issue. But if you only feel the vibration when you're stepping on the brakes, obviously it's going to be more of a brake issue than tires. All right. Very good stuff. Well, well, let me ask you a question. I'm thinking about uh, uh, balancing. We can check alignment. We Most most uh, service departments check alignment at no charge, and if you need alignment, they charge you for it. Uh, a balance. Uh, when you check the balance, is there a charge for that? Yeah, because normally to, to check a balance... You've got to remove the wheels from the vehicle, mount them on the machine, and actually run the balancer. And at that point, it's only a few seconds longer to remove the old weights, put on new weights to get it in correct balance. So when you're going in for routine you don't say, check my balance. You just say, you say, i got a vibration, and then they will diagnose it as being a balance issue. Thank you. Okay. All right. uh, Here's here's another text, and uh, I'd like you to handle this one since you're our uh, statistician here. Ah. When you give a statistic like the average selling price of, of a new car, wouldn't it be more useful to the consumer if you gave the median selling price? <laughs> yeah, it would. It actually, and just, you know, the average selling price uh, can be distorted by extremely high prices mm-hmm. or extremely low prices. Uh, the mean is the middle. So it, it's a little bit more information because you know that if you bought a, pri- a car below the mean, uh, then you're getting a better deal than the average, than, than most people. If it's above the mean. No, no, median. Median. Yes. Yeah, median. I'm yeah. sorry. Median. And uh, so, yeah, I, that's absolutely true. The guy sounds like a, a mathematician. Yeah, I figured uh, that, that would tickle your mathematical brain there. Yes. All right, I can go back to Rick real quick because there's another technical question here, unless we have something. Uh, 
Uh, no, we don't. But I will mention again, the telephone number is 877-960-9960. And uh, we'd love for you to stay with us this uh, full two hours. We have a whole lot to get to, especially some information about the Federal Trade Commission. And uh, ladies, I'll remind you again, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Please give us a call. 877-960-9960. And uh, for you others, Texas, 772-497-6530. And, of course, Rick is here taking the YouTubes. Okay, Josh. All right, this one's back to Rick. Uh, this uh, texter owns a 2006 Toyota Tacoma Pre-Runner. Uh, the last four to five years, I've been hearing a clunking sound from the rear of the truck. This noise only happens when I stop at a red light or stop sign and then proceed across the street. The truck has been uh, lubed, have had the rear end replaced, bearings greased, as well as the uh, pinion rod. Uh, they also checked the brakes and the tires. Uh, mechanic technicians are not sure what it is. They emphasize to me not to stop quickly. Whatever happens during the braking, something in that area rolls up and then releases to make that noise. Do you have an idea what this is? Yep. All right. Are, are you going to tell us? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is known as drive shaft wind up. I know it sounds like an odd term, but basically you have a long shaft that goes from the transmission to the rear end, the drive shaft. It's a solid steel pipe with the U-joints at each end. Uh, Tacomas, for some reason, are incredibly susceptible to this, and even mine does it occasionally. Um, basically what we have found, and I found this by just playing with it in my own truck, when you're coming to a stop, the drive shaft is actually being turned by the rear end at this point. So the torsional forces are reversed of what normally it's feeling. When you get to a stop, that force is still slightly there in the drive shaft. And every so often, the AC compressor, which normally will turn off when you're decelerating because you know the computer will shut it off and on as it goes, may kick back on just at the moment that that shaft is releasing that that pressure and you'll feel this thump because the engine has just increased its idle speed for the ac mm -hmm. as well as that shaft releasing that torsion pressure at the same time and that's why you suddenly feel that little thunk as the gears in the rear end are now going from pushing in one direction to going to push in the other direction so that you can start driving forwards rick that's very interesting um this is a 2006 of the textures uh, what yep. year is your Mine is a 13. So you and mean they've in been seven doing years, it. Toyota still hadn't figured out how to fix that? They started doing that pro finding that problem in 05, mm -hmm. was when customers started complaining about it, and it persisted all the way through the 2015 model year. They didn't change the Tacoma buy cell for nearly 10 years in that yeah, buy but, but, I mean, you would think there would be an engineering tweak that they could have made. On they it. tried many different things. They said, uh don't lube the drive shaft as much because there are several lubrication points on the mm -hmm. drive shaft. They said, don't put as much grease in it. Put more grease in it. Uh, they tried changing springs on the, the leaf springs on the rear end. Mm -hmm. They did a whole bunch of things. And finally, the engineers just said, we just can't seem to figure out how to get rid of this. Mm -hmm. And they finally just said, well, it's the, the well, gears in the rear end, which are turning buy a, one... Buy a Nissan or, a, or a Dodge. <laughs> it does it at, at that point, yeah. yeah right. Is it just a noise or is it causing any kind of internal damage? So far as I can tell, it's 150,000 miles on my truck and it hasn't caused any damage yet. Yeah. Just and a clunky truck. Yeah. It's simply, you, you feel it at times. 
And like the, the caller was, or the texter was told, if you coast gently to a stop, it doesn't get as much pressure wound up in the drive shaft. Yeah. And then that will release that pressure a little easier and you won't get that thump. Yeah. Okay. Well, change the way you drive your vehicle to accommodate our engineering expert I, and expertise. Yeah, that's so. pretty much what it is. Okay. Um, any more uh, interesting text over there? Um, yeah, this, this, this one definitely falls into the interesting category. Um, this is from Negan, uh, and he's saying a hi to Stu. So, um, does Earl know that Tesla cars don't have AM radio? I did not know that. Earl does not know this. And I, that's, that's really strange because I like to listen to AM radio sometimes. Well, well there's some theories here. Uh, I don't believe that. <laughs> well, you can test it in about an no, hour I'm, and 24 I, minutes. I, I know what... No, no, I don't know. Not come to think of it, because I don't listen to. So that's the, when's the last time you put on? You're right. You're right. Uh, WJNO. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, it's like, you know. Well, that's the reason when I'm driving it, I can't get AM. Well, uh, well this is what this is what uh, uh, Negan says here. He says uh, electrical noise from the motors will cause interference in noise. Hmm. However, the new Ford Lightning does have AM. There's a but there's a conspiracy theory apparently on the on the internet as to why. And it has to do with talk radio on AM stations being mostly conservative radio talk show, uh, conservative radio talk shows. <laughs> wow. It seems that most Tesla drivers don't fall into that, you know, yeah. conservative category. Not sure how much, uh, you know, you know, legitimacy there is to that, but it's very interesting. Um, when Ford was asked why AM radio was included in the Lightning, they said the average F-150 was a blue-collar man, and they tend to listen to more conservative talk radio. On the way to work or home. I found this interesting. Thanks for a great program. Well, that is a great call. It's a really I, interesting I love text. it. The yeah. callers teach us things. I didn't know that. And her reasoning is very logical. It absolutely seems logical. Uh, I'm not sure that I would say Elon Musk and Tesla is liberal, but he's kind of wacky back and forth on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, the, the, the first part, though, was there being some sort of interference from the electrical motor making the AM station more, like, not as, I guess, yeah. uh, you know, and not being able to pick it up as easily. Yeah, the Ford Lightning is a uh, electric vehicle. It's an electrical vehicle, but I guess, you know, according to yeah. this theory, they, uh, they yeah. want to make sure that their, their target consumer could get the radio they want. Love, love, the, love the text. That really interesting very, stuff. Really good, yeah. What okay. else we got? Oh, I got something else coming in here. Okay, let me, let me jump on something. I want to talk about yeah. uh, that... Uh, I was talking briefly to you about Josh, and uh, I talked to Nancy about. Uh, we had an issue the other day with a with a, a prospective customer at our dealership, and she had a problem with the valuation of her trade-in, and uh, we went through a process that I advise you, you listeners, anytime you are trading your car in, to go through the same process. That process is to go through the third-party buyers. You heard John from Palm City earlier talking about some of the third-party buyers like Carvana that were having financial troubles, and that is true. So we put this uh, particular trade-in through the process uh, to be sure we got the most for the vehicle, and I just thought you'd be interested. Uh, the, uh, the, the range of prices offered from the various third-party used car buyer sellers was over $10,000. Wow. And, our, and we had... Uh, the low, well, no, uh, let me rephrase that. It was more like $7,400, $7,400. The, the low uh, price we got was from Vroom, and their price was uh, $10,000, actually below $10,000. And the high price we got was from CarGuru, which was $17,400. Uh, 
we had a, no, the, the CarMax was $17,500. So uh, we actually allowed on the car, our appraisal uh, was $17,000. So I'm saying to you, if you uh, make a note of, and you can go, you can Google it, third party uh, car buyers. Uh, the ones we checked in this case were webuyanycar.com, CarMax, uh, Carvana, Vroom, V-R-O-O-M, and CarGuru. And we went through these, and you can see a $7,500 round number swing in price. Now, um, as I was going through this process and discussing it, uh, it occurred to me that finance, Wall Street, has a name for this phenomenon, and it's called the greater fool theory. And it helps me remember this. The greater fool theory has been around for years, and uh, the really sophisticated people on Wall Street, the speculators, use this. You realize uh, if you're in the stock market, if you watch the financial news, you know about Bitcoin and you know about uh, the currency, the cyber currency that's gone up and down and all over the place. Uh, Bitcoin varies $10,000 per share. Uh, it's way down now, it was way up. And sophisticated Wall Street people were actually buying it 15, 16, 17, and they were buying it under the greater fool theory. And the greater fool theory says, first of all, I know about the theory. But I know that what I'm doing may be foolish by definition, but somebody is even more foolish than I am. So that's what happens. So when we appraise a car, or your car dealer appraises a car, uh, he's got to put a number on it that he really believes. So you might be right or wrong, but somebody else might be wrong in your favor. So the more people you check, the greater the fool you can find. And sooner or later, the market crashes. The nice thing about shopping your trade-in is you're not invested because you don't have to commit until you find the greater fool and then you sell it to him. In this case, the greater fool was CarGuru. And there might even be a greater fool than CarGuru. CarGuru might be able to go out and find another company that will pay even more than that. So the message in simple, simple terms to you folks that are looking to sell your off-lease car because you exercise your purchase option or you have a trade-in and you want to be sure you get maximum value from your dealer, is go online and contact as many as you have time for. I think you could find a dozen of these and you get a bid and sell your car to the greater fool. And you get much, you know, we're talking thousands of dollars of difference. So that's my tip of the day. That's great advice. Always great advice from the recovering car dealer. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call toll-free at 877 877- 960-9960. The lines are open. We're waiting to hear from you. Remember, you make the show. Also, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, you can also uh, send us an anonymous feedback. www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to uh, Rick. Do you have any uh, YouTubes over there for me? Uh, we're running a little quiet here, except for uh, Mark Ryan saying we should get T-shirts printed for Rick's gift shop that say the fire may be out, but I'm still smoking hot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. I did post that. Well, if, if, if we if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do a YouTube video on this, and uh, Jonathan is very creative. We might even get. Uh, Maybe our marketing company in there. We can we'd splice some stuff together. I think we could make a. I think we could get you two or three million views on that. I can. I the. I can see that. <laughs> we need. We need. We need some graphics. I. Uh, do you think we could recreate the fire? 
Oh, let's not. Okay, we won't do let's that. Let's not. Uh, now I have a question for you. Earl asked about the smoking aspect of things. Was anybody smoking any ribs in the back? No. <laughs> oh, no. But I'll, I'll tell you, the creepy part was about 15 minutes after all this had happened, and it, 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 I'm, I'm kind of coughing a bit because, you know, and every time I coughed, I would see puffs of dust and vapor come out of my mouth. It was, it was oh, weird. Okay, let's, uh, <laughs> let's move That right. is amazing. Let's move right along. Uh, uh, any any text? Yeah, or, I, have a, I got a text from Robbie in Stuart, Florida. Um, this is for you guys here. It says, good morning. I listen to your show every Saturday. A couple weeks ago before Father's Day, Earl said Nancy was making him a blueberry pie. Hmm. Nancy then said, I'm even going to roll him, uh, roll the dough with a rolling pin and make this pie from scratch. Mm-hmm. Earl, my wife heard that, and I got a blueberry pie too. Oh. The only difference, I told my wife no rolling pins in case she gets mad at me. <laughs> well, I told Nancy the same thing, but she bought the rolling pin anyway. But you, you, were a, you were a good boy that day, and you yeah. didn't get smashed. I can't find the rolling pin. Yeah, he's hit it but I bought far, a back- far away. I bought a backup. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> Have a few in the car just in there case. There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks, Robbie. That's a very, very sweet yeah, text. Yeah, thank I'm, you, Robbie. I'm glad you got that blueberry pie yourself. Um, I got one from Regina in Coral Gables here, too. Um, Hi, it's Regina from Coral Gables. <laughs> My husband Richard and I regularly listen to your show. We have learned valuable information by listening each Saturday morning and appreciate each one of you. We're ready to purchase a Prime RAV4 and I want to purchase it from your dealership. <laughs> Please direct us to, uh, to someone out there. I can, I'll text her off, off the air and, and we'll, we'll be more than happy to take that. Just, you know, just practice yeah. patience. Unfortunately, the RAV4 Prime is, is incredibly in short supply and it, it'll take some time, but yeah, we'll be happy to put you on the yeah, list. And, and, and on that subject of all you listeners out there about thinking about buying a car, and as I said earlier in the show, don't buy a car, don't lease a car today, wait a few months. Uh, by the way, the microchip shortage uh, is abating and uh, they're actually, uh, the problem now is the manufacturers are unfortunately uh, um, um, stockpiling, hoarding, as it were, microchips. Uh, there's more microchips than, than are needed. So uh, it, we're evolving now to stage three of the whole uh, shortage problem. And if you can wait till the end of the year, I said this last year and I was wrong, but if you can wait till the end of the year, you'll get a much better price. So uh, if you think about buying a car and you have to buy a car, remember this. If you buy a car from dealer stock, there are very few there. The reason they even have the very few there is because they're charging huge prices, uh, thousands and thousands of dollars over MSRP. So uh, counterintuitively, it's absolutely wrong to buy from stock. You should order the car. In most cases, you have to order the car if you want what you want. If you buy from stock, you're going to get something you didn't want, a color, trim, options. You're the car, you should get exactly what you want, but you're gonna have to wait maybe six months or maybe seven months. Uh, uh, if you can wait, you should wait. Uh, most cases, uh, you, can, you can get the dealer to agree to sell you the car at the Costco agreed upon Costco membership price when it comes in, so you're not locked in. But at the very least, when you order the car, you're gonna get a lower price than you would if you bought one from stock. Now, they won't tell you that when they're advertising and they're talking to you, but if you listen to our mystery shopping reports, when you buy a car from stock, you'll see an MSRP and maybe even no addendum sticker on the window of that car you're looking at. But the prices and the hidden accessories that are added after the fact, 
unneeded accessories and the hidden fees, they pop up, pop up. And by the time you leave there, you're paying at least three or $4,000 over sticker. So do not buy a car unless you absolutely have to today. And folks, uh, you know, I want to remind everyone that Earl did write a blog on just that topic. And uh, hanging on to your old car uh, is just the best way to go right now, as he said, uh, for a number of reasons. And uh, also, the car that you do have and you can give up is worth its, uh, well, it's worth a whole lot of money. Uh, so look into that aspect of it. Our number here is 877-960-9960. And uh, you can, of course, text us at 772-497-6530. Back to... Uh, actually, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go to the uh, phones, and back to the phones. And we have a call from uh, Charles, and he's calling us from North Palm Beach. Uh, good morning, Charles. Good morning, Nancy. Quick question: um, My wife and I own two Volvos, a 2009 XC70 and a 2012 XC60, and I can't understand what is going on. Sometimes very, very infrequently, when I either start up the car or after I'm leaving from a red light or stop sign or whatever, um, there's a misfiring, a bucking or whatever. So I quickly turn off the engine, and uh, my question for Rick is, what's the cause? Does this cause damage? And is this unique to Volvos? They're, they're the, uh, the two engines. One's, a, I think, a five-cylinder on the 70. And the 60, I believe, is a six-cylinder. Unfortunately, I don't have a huge amount of experience with Volvo. Uh, I'm primarily invested in the Japanese end of the cars. Um, a misfire on acceleration, I'd definitely be concerned about that because anytime you get a misfire, it can start getting a lot of extra fuel in the cylinder. Um, that can cause pre-ignition, cause damage in the engine. So I would definitely get that checked out. Uh, first thing I'd be looking at is when's the last time you had the spark plugs and the spark plug wires replaced? Volvo says that they should be done, I think, at about 70,000 miles. So we're getting up there. So maybe that, that would help. And Charles, I'm a, I just Googled this. I went on Google and uh, the first Google that popped up was uh, Volvo uh, 2.5 cylinder misfire solved case study. There's a YouTube on that. Uh, locate faulty coil pack, sudden engine hesitation, uh, Volvo, these are all YouTubes, Volvo S40 misfire. So there are apparently a lot of other people are having the same problem. And all I, I put in uh, misfire on 2006 Volvo, and there's a whole wealth of diagnostic information on there. I'll check it out. Okay. Well, thanks Thank for the call. Uh, and uh, uh, how, how do you like? You, uh, you've called before. Uh, you you've owned Volvos for a while. Is that correct? My wife and I were both pretty tall, and unfortunately, Japanese cars don't seem to be dealing with yeah. uh, Northern European stature. Yeah, it's a, that's one thing for sure. At one time, uh, Volvo had the re reputation for being about the safest car on the yeah. road. Is that still the case? Uh, you would know better than I. I, I don't know. Unfortunately, I haven't cracked up either car. That's good. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for calling, Charles. Yeah, we, okay, we, thanks. 
We love hearing from you, Charles. Our number here is 877-960-9960. You can also text us at 772-497-6530. I mentioned the mystery shopping report earlier, and uh, it is definitely uh, spectacular uh, from not only not uh, from uh, anyone that can't do the job week in and week out, the spectacular Agent Lightning, and uh, she went out to Irwin, Pennsylvania. So you want to stay tuned for that. Again, our number is 877-960-9960. Now back to Josh. Uh, yeah, we have an anonymous feedback here, um, sort of on the same topic you mentioned about ordering a vehicle instead of taking out a dealer stock. It says, on last week's show, you explained to avoid having your ordered car sold to another customer, you'll need to get the VIN number assigned to your car. Yes. Um, this... Uh, um, Anonymous uh, feedback asks, can you provide some additional details as to when the VIN number is assigned? Is it sent to the dealer when the car is built or shipped? What is the time frame for that VIN number assignment to the dealer as part of the ordering process? Um, and what would I need to say to, in order to get that VIN assigned to my order? Um, I can answer yeah. uh, from a Toyota perspective. I'm sure most of the manufacturers work uh, in a similar way. Um, uh, early on in a vehicle's life, before it's actually built, Toyota um, issues an interim VIN, which is not going to be really much use to you. The, the, the real VIN is made when the vehicle is, is actually built at the factory. Um, typically, that occurs about six to eight, ten weeks before it gets um, shipped to the uh, dealership. So they Probably right, off, right after it comes off the assembly right line. Right off the assembly line. But that's, it, was, it still has a lot of transportation and stuff yeah. before it gets to the distributor and then to the dealership. So we get our VINs about six weeks before the car gets here. Um, sometimes it's a little bit shorter. Um, depends on the where the vehicle is being built. You know, if a car is being built in Japan, we get the VIN a lot earlier than if it's being built in Georgetown, Kentucky, because it gets it takes a lot longer to get from Japan to to Florida than it does from Kentucky to Florida. And you, you really probably should call the dealer. Unfortunately, a lot of dealers aren't good about contacting the customers. Mm -hmm. uh, most dealers have a huge uh, sub, uh, backlog of ordered cars, and there's a lot of uh, information that comes in all the time on all these cars, and you have hundreds and hundreds of customers. So uh, you should be the squeaky wheel. You should call the dealer periodically. If they, if they told you the car will be here in four months, I'd start calling them in three months, and I'd say, have you got the VIN yet? Mm -hmm. Have you got the serial number, the vehicle identification number? Once you have a vehicle identification number, then, and they've communicated that to you, and you have an order, you legally own that car. Up until then, any car of the general description that you ordered uh, can be substituted. So someone else might buy that car that came in because the dealer could sell it for more money. Or maybe they just make a mistake. So... There you go. So, yeah, it might take, a um, depending on the model, if it's uh, going to take six to eight months to get, you might not get a VIN for several months after your order. But right. typically a dealer gets that VIN anywhere between four to, I say, four to eight weeks before your car arrives. Very good. So, um, very good question, especially in today's uh, market. Okay. Um, great. We're really moving along here with a whole lot of information. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mary is on the line from LaBelle, and uh, she has called before. We always love hearing from Mary. Uh, good morning, Mary. Good morning, Nancy and crew. Hope all is well. Thank you. I'm calling this morning with a uh, follow-up on my uh, 2011 Honda CRV that had a uh, shutdown problem um, a few weeks ago. I, I called uh, two weeks ago, and today I'm calling with follow-up 
from uh, the repairs I had done at the Honda of Fort Myers dealer. I took it in and uh, gave a um, statement to the service advisor of the car shutting down while um, uh, while cruising, uh, not accelerating, not braking, uh, and um, the fact that it had happened uh, two different occasions while traveling at slow speed and both times with the steering wheel turned, turning into a roundabout or turning into a parking space. And the, um, the advisor uh, took my information and parked the car, went into the customer service waiting area. He came, uh, first I was approached by a female salesperson who wanted to know whether or not I would like to trade in my car. This was before I had any feedback from the mechanic hmm. and would be interested in a used um, CRV or a new CRV. I declined. Um, then the service advisor came uh, in to speak with me and said that a video of uh, my uh, inspection would be forthcoming and I would be able to access that on my phone. In uh, about 45 minutes, I did get a video on my phone. I unfortunately was unable to access it. Um, but um, later when I got home and uh, 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 had my laptop up, I, I got to actually see the mechanic's assessment of the problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Basically, there were two issues. The first was uh, the air cleaner um, lid was not fitted correctly and uh, he found dirt and debris in the um, uh, MAF sensor and the throttle body so that was uh, cleaned and reset the um, filter was replaced <clears throat> and uh, he also recommended a um, new set of plugs which I also had done when I asked about the steering locking up, which was my primary safety concern, I got a little bit of a brush off uh, and was told, well, yes, when the car, when the ignition shuts down, the steering locks, that's the way it's supposed to um, happen. I said, well, I think, you know, that's, that's a, that can be a real safety concern uh, at highway speeds. And I basically, um, the brush off there and was told, well, that's the way cars operate. So uh, I was uh, also told that I needed four new tires, uh, that I had, um, um, I should have my brake fluid changed, a long list of um, pricey uh, other services which I declined. Mary, were you given an estimate of the total cost? I was told that it would be $169 an hour, and then, yes, I was given not just an estimate. I was given a very close breakdown of labor parts, uh, miscellaneous uh, items, and tax for each potential uh, service. What was so the total? I, I have to, uh, if I did everything but the tires, the total would have been 1000 yeah. Um, Mary, 
Uh, you know, my, uh, you're from LaBelle. I'm not, uh, did you go to a Honda dealer uh, in, the, in that area, or did you come into West Palm Beach area? What, which dealer are you going to? I went to a dealer in Fort Myers. Oh, Fort Myers, He's yeah. Relatively, yeah, relatively new, opened up just before the, uh, um, the uh, COVID uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the estimate, <clears throat> minus the uh, four tires, would have been $1,560. Jeremiah, uh, uh, and- Rick will have an idea on the diagnosis, uh, but uh, in spite of what Rick says, you know, anytime you're spending over a thousand dollars on a car, uh, uh, particularly an older car, 2011, uh, you should get a second opinion. And so, you need to go to an, either an independent uh, service department mechanic that you can trust, or to another Honda dealer. Uh, but Rick, what do you think about the uh, diagnosis? Uh, my first question, Mary: um, Does your car use a normal key, or do you have a push-button start? Normal key. Okay, go somewhere else. Do not go back there. Um, a, no, a car with a normal key type system, mm-hmm. unless you turn that key all the way back to the lock position, the steering wheel should not lock up. You know. Uh, oh, uh, thank you for that. So they they told you wrong there. Okay, that's. I mean, that's both good and bad to hear. Um, because it, I, I got the feeling that I was getting the uh, little old lady brush off there with my concern. Yeah, somebody, somebody, uh, somebody's messing with something here. Um, my first thought is when when you felt that when you turned the wheel and the car shut off on you, did the steering wheel actually lock to where you could not turn it, or did it just get very difficult to turn? It would not turn. Okay, there's there's something going wrong with that steering lock system then, and you should definitely go somewhere else and make sure that they check that system properly because that is a obviously an extremely dangerous uh, situation. As a matter of fact, most cars, especially Japanese cars, when you turn that key all the way back to the lock position, even then... That steering wheel, although it'll be hard to turn, it should still turn all the way, the full full distance left to right, until you take the key out of the ignition. That's a mechanical system that it should not lock that wheel until that key is out of the ignition. And if it's locking, there's a serious problem there, and that's extremely dangerous, and you definitely should get that checked, but somewhere else, because if they brushed you off on that, they're they're not doing right. That's a disservice. I take it to another Honda dealer, uh, and I would get another opinion. I'd, I'd love to have you call the show next Saturday and let us know how it went, Mary. Okay. I will uh, take your advice. I appreciate that very much. Well, thank you so much Mary, for the call. Mary, we really appreciate you calling and would love for you, as everyone has said, for you to stay in touch with us and let us know how things turn up. Well, I really appreciate the fact that you agree with me that that steering issue is a safety problem. Very, I will very definitely follow so, yeah. yeah. up with another with a different dealer. And Mary, you sound like an educated consumer, and uh, there should be uh, more of us out there like you. Good luck. Thank you, guys. Have a good week. Thank you. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. 
or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Josh. That kind of reminds me of the uh, that Chevy recall, Rick. That wasn't there an ignition switch recall, and that was a major like, in, where the cars were actually turning off just yep. because the key would be too heavy or the keychain was, was right. Yeah, uh, a lot of people, and this is something a lot of people do like to carry a lot of things on their keychain, mm-hmm. and in some of the older cars, that could actually cause stress on that ignition cylinder by having all that excessive weight on the ignition key. Yeah, so that's a good advice not to have a five-pound keychain. Right, very good. <laughs> well, m- most cars are going to push start, so that. Um, but, but if you still have a key, you know, be, it, it, be wary. It, that's really amazing that you mm-hmm. mentioned that, Josh, because that um, used to be like um, standard operating procedure oh, yeah, for you, everybody. You'd have you, a big, you'd like a little a big ring, yeah, and you felt keys. like Moses. <laughs> I mean, everybody had this huge ring. I was like keys. I was like carrying around a tambourine. Oh, and, and also a lot of a lot of ladies used to carry with a, a strong lanyard on the end of the keys, just as kind of a, a safety issue. If somebody comes up that you don't like, you've got a little wallop. That's oh, yeah. a good point. And a little can of pepper spray. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, please eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. The lines are open, and we'd love to hear from you. Now back to Josh. All right. I got a text here. Uh, it's a long one, so hopefully, hopefully, uh, it's an interesting one too. Hello, gang. Long time listener here. I enjoy your show mainly because I'm very mechanically inclined and listen to the callers uh, present their issues to you and get an honest answer. Unlike what I've been getting, <laughs> I just do it as a hobby. I told my wife that I would do it for money if it became um, if I did it for money, it'd become a job. And I'm not going to enjoy it as much. That's a good point. My question, I have a 2014 F-250. Like one of your callers, I'm having a little bounce, which seems to be coming from the rear tires at highway speeds, about 65 miles an hour. I visited a couple shops in the West Palm area, and before I could even explain what my problem is, they're trying to sell me tires. Seems, uh, seems to be that they're all on the same page because I get the same response from every place. They actually get upset when I decline the new tires. My tires are not new, but they, have, but they do have a little less than half of the life left. As you know, the price for tires is up in the sky just like everything else. I've paid on two separate events to get the tires balanced, but the problem is still there. I don't know what to do anymore. I can't seem to find an honest mechanic to tell me if my tires are bad or if it could be fixed by properly balancing. Being that, being that I had oversized tires on my trucks, it's hard to find a reliable and honest shop. Please advise. Thank you. Well, the only thing I can think uh, that would make someone honest to recommend you, you uh, replace your tires if you still have tread, the NHTSA, National Highway Traffic Safety Association, guideline is 230 seconds. Uh, we're more conservative at our dealership. We use 330 seconds. But uh, if you've got tread, uh, it could possibly be deterioration like, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm by said tread, I mean even tread on all your tires. Uh, if they're old tires, they could be cracking. Uh, you know, rubber cracks when it gets old. You can check the, uh, the date of manufacture of your tires, and if they're over six years old, you have reason to be concerned in an inspection to see if there's some cracks could be a problem. But uh, uh, I don't know uh, uh, if you're got. I'd be a little bit worried if everybody, you, you say every place you go, they recommend uh, new tires. Uh, there might be something that I'm missing. I, I hope you don't have a, a nail in the tire or, or something else, but I'm sure they would have said something to you if they did. Ricky, I don't... 
Uh, uneven tire wear can also be an issue yeah, there I said too. That. Yeah, tread wear yeah, if you got by definition or something. Yeah, yeah. tread wear by definition, you have mm-hmm. to have uh, two thirty seconds on all your tread, not just one tire. So if you have uneven tread wear, then you below two thirty seconds, you need to get that replaced right away. All right. Okay. Uh, unless there's something on the phones, I have another text I can go to. Okay, do they're, it. They're coming in fast and furious today. Uh, I just heard your comments about waiting until the end of the year to buy a new car. What is your take on the status of the used car market right now? This, this texter needs to buy a used car in the next few weeks and is concerned that he'll be overpaying. Used car market is in better shape than the new car market. Uh, I think the prices are coming down in used cars uh, a little bit. Uh, they're not really coming down much at all in new cars. Uh, you're still talking about a bad time to buy. And uh, by definition, a used car is greater risk than a new car. So uh, I don't I don't change my mind on used car or new car. Uh, don't buy either unless you have to. And I believe you're going to see used car prices come down. Another strange thing that's happening with used cars, it's kind of a push-pull thing. Demand is dropping, but supply is also dropping. Uh, the off-lease cars are becoming scarcer and scarcer because uh, you less people that are leasing cars are wising up to the fact that when that car comes to the end of your lease, you have an op- purchase option, which is a bargain. So more and more people are exercising their option to purchase their lease car, and you don't get to buy it uh, by them turning it in. Also, it's becoming much more important to have the car that you're looking at inspected by a mechanic very well by someone you trust, because a lot of cars that have problems are still winding up on the lots, even with those problems, because people still want the the lots still want to make those money. Yeah, dealers are, dealers are desperate for yeah. inventory. They may be a little less discriminating about what they uh, what they keep and what they uh, what they use exactly. to wholesale. They might be yeah. That's a good point. Also, yeah. the fact that our advice on this show is don't buy a car unless you have to. And when you have to, that means there's something wrong with your car. That means you're trading it in to a dealer, and the dealer's going to sell it again. So we have a greater supply of high-mileage cars with problems and we have dealers that are more desperate to sell those same cars so it's a, it's really a it's a it's a uh, uh, would you say though risk. if you're shrewd enough and you have a nice trade-in it that that minimizes the danger because if you shop your trade-in and get top top dollar yeah, for it yeah. as long as you don't get too uh you know as long as you get a fair price on the yeah. new car absolutely i actually saw an ad for a 1994 geo metro Nine thousand dollars. <laughs> there must have been a uh, a nice uh, suit in the back seat. And well, if it, if it still runs decent, those things got fifty and miles a gallon back in the nineties. But still, yeah. I, I remember during one of the the gas spikes in the mid two thousands, Geo Metros were doing big money because they got such great gas yep. miles. Probably in the thirties, even back then. Oh, yeah, very. Uh, Folks, you're going to hear it all here. A lot of information. Uh, remember, uh, you you've got the power. Uh, of the internet it is just an amazing time you got a lot of options in these uh, volatile times that we're living through and uh, if you didn't pick up the consumer report uh, you should because it does have uh, your some pretty important advice on car buying and uh, it talks about seven essential questions that every single car buyer should ask uh, because uh, it's a minefield out there and you've got to dot the I's and cross the T's. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. What do we have, guys? 
I have Josh. another uh, anonymous feedback here. Uh, hi, everyone. Hope you all are well. Is the Toyota Lifetime battery available for the hybrid 12-volt battery, or is it just available for gasoline slash diesel engines? Um, as far as I know, there's no hybrid uh, lifetime warranty. There's going to be some lifetime uh, regular car batteries. Is that correct, Rick? Actually, I believe what they're asking is the 12-volt the battery, that hybrid cars all do have a 12-volt battery as well. And yes, you can get the Toyota Lifetime Warranty 12-volt battery for a hybrid. Now, well, there what, you is, go. what does lifetime warranty mean? Good question. Uh, basically, <laughs> it extends the length of the 100% warranty on the battery. And for the as long as you own that particular car, there will always be some value left in that battery that they will prorate. Even if it's only 25 cents. Right. I'm surprised at Toyota advertising lifetime warranty. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of car dealers that advertise lifetime warranties, which is all BS. So, you know, a warranty is a, a very specific thing with exclusions and inclusions and what it covers and what it doesn't cover and how long. But when you say to somebody, here's a lifetime warranty on your battery, what does that mean to the average person? You know what it really means? What? It's making that consumer a captive audience to that particular place. Yeah. So it's also being fooled into thinking that if I buy that lifetime Toyota battery warranty, if anything happens to my warranty, my battery, uh, as long as I live, they're going to give me another battery. And that ain't true. So uh, anytime you see a superlative advertisement or billing for any product, don't believe it. Uh, if it's too good to be true, it's not true. The old saying, there's no such thing as a real lifetime warranty on anything. But as long as they keep you coming back to their shop, yeah, well, that's, they can keep selling uh, you more work. Ulterior motive, and you're exactly right. I wonder what kind of premium they pay for that lifetime battery, you know. I'm surprised that Toyota or anybody gets away with it. I mean, we don't have enforcement of regulations. Clearly, it's a... It's a deception to the consumer. If I say I'm going to sell you this Toyota with this lifetime warranty on the 12-volt hybrid battery, and that 12-volt hybrid battery has a lifetime warranty, that is deceptive. That is deceptive to the consumer. And I'm surprised that Toyota does that. I'm a Toyota dealer. I Personally, I'm growing a little disgusted by some of the things I've seen and from Toyota and no, all of them. There's not enforcement of the rules yeah. and regulations. Federal Trade Commission, by the way, says that's deceptive. Uh, I was going to talk in a minute about that. We have time. Front page of the automotive news today. Federal Trade Commission rules on dealer F&I practices debated. Uh, the Federal Trade Commission has been in the news recently, automotive news, Wall Street Journal, any any periodical you read, and they're coming out after car dealers. The problem is, with the Federal Trade Commission, they're making a lot of rules, but nobody enforces them. And they're making more laws. We're in Florida. Florida just came out. The legislature closed up and uh, shut the doors in Tallahassee. 150 new laws in Florida. I mean, they can crank these laws out uh, like hotcakes. And they, the, the government keeps making laws, but they don't enforce the laws. Mm -hmm. And the reason they don't enforce the laws is because the regulators are in the pockets of big auto, uh, big everybody, big insurance. And the regulators who get elected and the legislators that get elected by the corporate people out there that are selling products like batteries, 
they have a lot of influence. They have lobbyists making millions of dollars in Washington and Tallahassee and every other state capital. And so the regulators are very hesitant to enforce the laws. So thank you, Federal Trade Commission, very much. Uh, these new rules that you issued on, I think it was June the 4th. It yes. Was, uh, yeah. Uh, voted four to one on June twenty seventh. July the fourth edition. Yeah, on June on June twenty seventh, four to one. They invoke they invoked all sorts of great rules. And basically, they said that if a car dealer advertises a price, now listen to this: Federal Trade Commission new regulation. If a car dealer advertises a price, or quotes you a price, it has to be the price you can drive the car home for plus government fees only, tax and tag. Now, where have you heard that before on this show? <laughs> we've, been, we've been arguing that for a long time. Now, the Federal Trade Commission has made it federal law. But it's not going to happen unless somebody, like Ashley Moody, the Attorney General for Florida, yeah. or Governor Ron DeSantis, the Governor of Florida, or the Governor uh, or Attorney General of any state, enforces the laws. You've got the laws on the books, the state laws, the federal laws, enforce them. If you're wondering where the crimes are, go online, look at any advertisement of any car dealership anywhere, and I promise you, I in my letter, open letter to Governor Ron DeSantis, I said, Governor DeSantis, go to any advertisement for any car dealership, and you will find federal law and, and Florida law being broken. Call Ashley Moody and ask her to enforce the law, fine them, threaten them, uh, whatever you can do. It's on the books. So you have the statute. More laws are just making life more confusing for the consumers and for the regulators and for the everybody. So, yeah. and ladies and gentlemen, yeah, <laughs> we both feel pretty passionate about uh, this cause. And this radio show has really done so much. And we've all worked together here uh, to bring us to this moment. Federal Trade Commission on the front page of the automotive news talking what we have been talking about, and the, Israel said um, that uh, these these rules have to these laws have to be enforced. They can just uh, they just keep throwing laws at everybody, laws, law, but they're not enforced, and that's where they drop the ball. And Ashley Moody, our Attorney General, our uh, Governor DeSantis, and by the way, Earl did, as he mentioned, write a column uh, for the hometown news uh, that was supposed to be. It was a. I find it hard to say this. There are amendments. Uh, we we do have freedom of speech, right? We live in the United States of America. At any rate, um, he wrote a column, and the hometown news wouldn't even run it. So, uh, and that is the column that he talks about. Open letter to Governor Ron DeSantis. So, uh, all of you, uh, stay in touch uh, with your congressman. Uh, do what you can to write a letter, whatever you can me, to support all of us. Let me quote here from the uh, Federal Trade Commission new regulation on June 27th. Requires dealerships to produce a true offering price for any vehicle they promote. It's effectively the out-the-door price at a dealership would charge to purchase the vehicle, not counting any government taxes and fees. So uh, that's the law, folks. That's the law. And uh, they're violating it in Florida and the other 49 states, and nothing's being done about it. So, you know, in the, the, the Gallup poll that we talk about every week, that's what keeps us at the bottom 
we've been at the bottom for so long, folks. Does that really uh, turn your stomach? Do you want to do something about it? Join us. Join us in this fight. Uh, we can get something done here. We can do it with your support, with Ashley Moody. Um, hey, Ashley Moody, are you listening? How about Governor DeSantis? Uh, they uh, they tune in every week, right, Rick? <laughs> okay. Uh, our telephone number is 877-960-9960. Uh, to uh, make me feel better, uh, Lorraine is calling. She's a first-time caller from Hope Sound. Welcome, Lorraine. Hello, I'm not a first-time caller. <laughs> well, you can, we'll listen to you anyway, Lorraine. <laughs> yeah, your well, voice will make me that. feel good. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, first of all, thank you for all of your service and what you do for all of us. And this is a little story for all of the women that are listening uh, to tell them what I have learned by listening to, excuse me, to you and your beautiful team for a long time. Um, in, I have a 2013 Elantra. And right beside my gear shift, there's a little uh, little teeny thing that says shift lock release. And I was um, traveling, uh, I got out of the grocery store and in Winn-Dixie, and my gear shift lock would just not move. It would not move no matter what I did. So I saw that little thing there for whatever reason, and um, I decided to get on, on my web and look it up, and I did exactly that. And it told me that that little, that little teeny square, you had a really small screwdriver flat head. You push that down in there to release it, and I didn't know anything how to do that. So I watched the video, and I obviously didn't have a small screwdriver with me. So I was in the Winn-Dixie Plaza. There was a Dollar Tree. I went in, and I bought a $1.25 set of screwdrivers that had every size you could think of. Mm -hmm. And the very, very teeny, tiny last one fit in there, and that popped open, and I followed the video to hold oh. it down, and it released it. Well, congratulations. It wow. Congratulations, Larry. Pardon me? Congratulations. Thank you. I wouldn't have been able to do that not having listened to your program. Thank you very but much. But my question, my question is, why, why did it lock in... Will it happen again soon? Um, those are my two questions. Um, most likely what happened is the car got bound up in park. Um, what you're actually trying using that button for is to release the shifter, the, the lock system that keeps it from going from park into any other gear without the ignition turned on. Uh, probably the solenoid inside there that when you turn the key on and step on the brake, it's supposed to release that solenoid and let you push the button and shift the car from park down into reverse, neutral, drive, etc. So if that solenoid in there is starting to act up, that will not let it come out of park. Um, were you able to push in the button on the shifter at all when you stepped on the brake? Could you push the button in? No, it would not move at all. Um, I tried. I I tried to do as much as I could by the video, and um, I did. I did have to use a little teeny screwdriver, and I did do what it said, and it did release it. I guess my whole question, my whole question is that I'm going to keep the screwdrivers with me, but I don't know what caused it, and I want to. When you say solenoid, does that mean something that I need to have replaced? Probably, yeah, because. 
Uh, what you used the screwdriver on, that's actually a mechanical override for that lock system. And I would definitely have a mechanic check out that solenoid on the your shifter lock because basically what happens that it's a safety feature so that the car can't be shifted out of park accidentally without the the key being on and your foot on the brake in order to be able to shift it and so using that override that gives you the ability to do it even if say the battery was totally dead you'd be able to get the car into neutral to, to uh, push it for a, a tow truck or the like uh, but if yeah if that solenoid has gone bad if it's starting to go out then that lock system you could get stuck with that in park and you'd have to use that override all the time so i would definitely have a mechanic check that out okay and so um is that something that would be a really big really big expense to have fixed no I, the solenoid itself would probably be at most maybe 100 to 150 dollars labor on that shouldn't be more than 150 to 200 dollars total okay well, thank you very much. You answered that, and I have one more quick question. Sure. My visor, my visor in my car um, is it um, broke on one side, and uh, so it doesn't it doesn't stay down or excuse me stay up very well. So I tried to I used some um, Velcro to make it stay, but it doesn't stay against the material. Um, and I tried to get a new visor, and it's hard to get one for this uh, old of a car. Uh, is there any type of uh, tape or anything you can tell me that would hold it up uh, against that uh, the material? Uh, this sounds a little silly, but what I would recommend is actually get a strip of material. And you know those uh, pins that you can buy at the uh, uh, craft stores and furniture stores that for like putting like slip covers on your furniture. It's kind of a little decorative head and it's like a curly Q pin. Yes. Alright, get a strip of fabric, attach it to the headliner with those curly Q pins so those will hold nice and solid. Have that fabric come down to your headliner and then use like just a straight pin going into that. That will hold your head, your, uh, your visor up in place and you can still pull that little strip of fabric loose anytime you need to pull the visor down. Perfect. Well, it's it's a silly shade tree fix, it. but it works. I know, but I appreciate it. And and you're you're just such a wonderful show to listen to. And I hope that all these women that are listening, if they have any problem whatsoever, no matter how silly it is, to call in because you have the answers. And uh, I appreciate you. God bless you all, and thank you for listening. Thank you, Lorraine. You're yeah. the greatest. Thank you so much, Lorraine. And please stay in touch with us, and uh, good luck. We're going to go to Chuck, who's been holding uh, from Oklahoma. 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 <laughs> Hi, <mind>. Chuck. <laughs> good morning. How are you all this morning? We're well, thank you. Thank you for your patience, Chuck. Oh, quite, quite fine. I hope you all had a good Fourth of July weekend. Um, hey. I was calling because I know you both have Teslas, and... I was reading uh, quite a bit of the Tesla stuff this week. I heard that uh, he's supposed to be having the, well, he won the award for best uh, electric vehicle for the year, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. I forget the name of the brand, but uh, it was rated number one, of yes. course. And also, he was supposed to be coming out in a few years with a $25,000 
uh, MSRP uh, electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, since you're pretty uh, knowledgeable about this stuff, um, my question was, uh, I'm reading a lot on the maintenance is supposed to be quite a bit lower because you don't have a combustion engine, you don't have a powertrain, no transmission, no oil changes, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've so, no, I've had my that. I've had my Tesla over a year, and there has been no required maintenance, so uh, it's almost maintenance free. So electric motor on each uh, wheel, or how is your mo- electric motor system set up? Your tires are the only thing. Your your motor requires no maintenance. Uh, uh, your uh, battery uh, requires no. If you have a problem, obviously you have to have it resolved. But uh, there's no there's no maintenance required maintenance on anything, as far as I know, except the t- uh, except the uh, the tires. I I get them checked regularly, and I had a problem with one. Okay, I, I understand a lot of that. Um, what I find very interesting is, you know, all the manufacturers are putting out target dates. You know, Ford, Chrysler, General Motors. They're saying, well, by 2030, we'll have X percentage of all electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, like, it's 2022 now. Say we hit 2030 or even 2040, what will all these parts distributors, everybody that works on engines and transmissions, are they retraining all these mechanics to move more into the electric vehicle maintenance work and knowledge as yeah. opposed to your average guy that just changes your oil and redoes your transmission and your uh, your combustion engine? You know, no spark plugs anymore. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a revolution. It's the same thing happened to the buggy whip manufacturers a long time ago. So yeah, <laughs> everybody has to be retrained. You know, California... I, I can't remember the exact time, but it's less than 10 years. Less than 10 years from now, I believe, uh, California will not allow any cars except um, a, a full electric. So they're, wow. they're, they're really getting serious about it. And California always moves first, and then it follows to the rest of the country. So this isn't a joke. This is happening. Uh, everybody's getting real serious about it. And if you only know how to, if you're a technician only knowing how to work on internal convention, an internal combustion engine, uh, you're going to be out of work pretty quick. Well, that's the thing. Uh, it's going to be retraining the entire industry so yes. that, you know, you don't have a backlash of people complaining that, yes. well, we're out of a job, blah, 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 you yes. know what I'm saying? Well, you do what Rick Kearney, uh, also known as Fireball Kearney, uh, Rick Kearney sitting here, uh, <laughs> he's been doing this for 27 years. And uh, he's gone from vape, you know, the, the buggy whip of 27 years ago to high-tech uh, electric vehicles today. So uh, the smart technician that started out with combustion engines is staying up on the electric, the hybrid, uh, even the hydrogen-powered. You have to stay up on it. Rick's online uh, educating himself every day almost, and sometimes he goes away to school. So. Uh, the word to the wise, if you're a combustion engine technician today, start taking those online courses and be ready because the revolution will be here very soon. Is Toyota uh, going all electric, you know, in 10, 20 years, <laughs> or what's their plan? Uh, they're, they're, they are they're, they're hedging their bets with hybrids, and Toyota actually, 
uh, is looking at it less urgently than a lot of the other manufacturers. Uh, I think they've seen the light, and I think Toyota has decided all electric is the way to go. But they are so uh, far ahead on hybrids than anybody else. That is the transition vehicle. The hybrid will be the transition vehicle. So they'll be fine, and they won't come out with all electric until later than some of the other manufacturers. But when they do, they'll be right in the ballgame with everybody else. Rick? Do you think hydrogen will play a role anywhere in this? It'll play a role, but it's going to be a minor role. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can talk about hydrogen fuel cells are the infrastructure is the killer there. You have to have hydrogen stations all over the world, and no one's building them. Uh, right now, we're worried about charging stations, uh, and people are building those. So uh, if you can't get the hydrogen in your car uh, and you can't, get, you can't plug it in somewhere, then you're going to go to all electric. Well, what will the gasoline station owners do? Will they transition to have both gas, if you still gas, and plug-ins? You pull in, you either get gas or electric when you go into a gas station. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, Huawei is going, uh, they have the, uh, the chargers for Teslas, mm-hmm. and uh, the smarter uh, gas stations are going to be making the change. The good news is they got great locations. they got a very... Uh, a high visibility. That's and, because. And don't they make most of their money from their convenience stores, anyways? Yeah, it's not true. on the gas itself. So, very, uh, very true. So they're 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 going to be okay, and uh, and the rest of them will just have to get out of the business. But it's it's a it's a good thing. It's a good change for everybody. It's not a bad change. Rick, a uh, quick bit here from uh, our buddy Donovan. He says the battery on the higher on the electric cars does require some maintenance, and you do have a coolant change at two hundred thousand miles. <laughs> and for the caller, get ready for that. Yeah, for the caller, hundreds of thousands of people are going to lose their jobs at the lower end of industry because EVs use less parts and have far less maintenance. Mm-hmm. But okay, we have a caller. Thousands on of people will be yeah. hired in the battery construction. Yeah. yeah okay. Thank you very much. Of it. So sorry to cut you off Absolutely. there. Um, Absolutely. Uh, well, that's that's my main thing. I, I'm 64, but I, I I didn't envision owning it, but I I pretty much am sure that I will own an EV here before long. Well, yeah. And you're looking at the future, which is smart. Uh, you know, I'm 81 and uh, uh, Nancy's 80. And uh, we're, we're betting on not just all electric, we're betting on full autonomous because we know that, you know, I have to, I said this last week on the air, I'm going to have to have my Florida driver's license renewed in December of 2022. Uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel, how my ears, my eyes, and my body is going to be uh, at that time. I would like to be able to summon my Tesla to come up to the front door, get in it, and say, take me to Publix, and it takes me there. Yeah. I have full autonomous on my uh, on my Tesla, and I'm just waiting for the software to be cut over when my score gets high enough. and. Uh, even then, when it gets over, it won't be fully legal. But again, I'm, I'm saying a prayer every night that by December 2022, it will be legal, and I'm going to have my freedom machine, my car. I don't know what I would do, and Nancy doesn't know what she would do without her automobile. I, uh, a lot of people our age are thinking about that. You should start thinking about it. You're a kid at 60, but uh, you, know, you know how important your car is to you. Think about it. Fully autonomous car. He could be 110 years old and say, "Take me to the nursing home." I, you know, whatever you want to say. <laughs> well, you know, I tell you what shocked me the most when I was watching the show on the electric vehicles was 
they showed a parking lot, for instance, somebody going to a major city to work their job, mm -hmm. they're all driving their cars, they don't even want a carpool, you know, while they have the contraflow lanes. I lived in Houston for 20 years. Mm -hmm. They kept building the highways bigger and bigger, but still there was too many cars coming into the city. Um, they showed a parking lot at a business filled with, you know, thousands of cars, and they said, the people drive their cars to work, takes them maybe 20, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, mm -hmm. but then their car sits there 96% of the time, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So the question is, why do you want millions of cars sitting all day long doing nothing when all you did was get from A to B? Exactly, and that takes you from, you go all electric, then you go to all electric autonomous, and then you go to all electric autonomous ride sharing. I mean, why own right. a car? You know, I mean, you Absolutely. walk you walk out to your front door, you hit your app on your Apple Watch, and a car pulls up, you get in the back seat, and they've got those in San Francisco right now. You In San Francisco, yeah. you have to go on the waiting list to do it because they can't build them fast enough, but you go in San Francisco, and you hit your, your Apple Watch app, and a car pulls up, you get in the back seat, you say, take me to Taco Bell, and there you are. So the future is here, and uh, just a question of it spreading uh, Florida and uh, all 50 states, and, and it's exciting. What a, a, a very exciting time that we're alive. Well, you know, we would go to New York City. Of course, I have friends that moved to New York City, and they said, nope, sold my car, don't need a car, don't have no use <laughs> right. for a car. Yeah, Uber. <laughs> and in New York City, we take the subway, we, you know, we walk. I mean, you don't need a car. No, exactly, uh, yeah. Even in L.A., we go to L.A., we took the train to the basketball game, yeah. and we took a, a you taxi realize, over here, whatever. But, you realize you're talking uh, to a car dealer, and I'm starting to have palpitations. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, I'm from Pittsburgh and used to get around the same way. The good news is that um, I read more and more that the electric vehicles, the, the, they're becoming more and more affordable, and the prices are coming down, and depends on which direction uh, you're looking in as far as a purchase is concerned. It was a delight talking to you. Uh, we you. are going to go to the Mystery Shopping Report. Give us a call again. Please, please. You're a great caller. Uh, our uh, mystery shopping report well, is... we got some more texts. It's only uh, 9.37 now. Let's, uh, do we have any more texts over there? Yeah, we do. Um, got a couple here. Um, uh, let's see here. The 2017 Tundra SR5 5.7. During braking, it will rev to about 1,500 RPM. It has done this a few times. Truck only has 33,000 miles, um, and they just bought it um, less than 500 miles ago. Any, uh, any clue? What size boots do you wear? <laughs> Believe it or not, I, that actually is a concern. I have seen sometimes folks with large footwear mm -hmm. or big feet. When you move your foot from the gas to the to the brake pedal, if you don't bring your foot all the way over, and your boot actually catches the accelerator when you're stepping on the gas on the brake pedal, you will engage the accelerator just a little bit. Yeah, he says it's only done it a few times, so it might be just an accidental replacement. I, I would be looking at that. Well, it's part of the problem with sudden acceleration that Toyota made famous several yeah. years ago. And my suggestion there is that all manufacturers consider that they're building cars with people for people with big feet and people that wear boots. And so they need to take into consideration the design of their pedals. Uh, you, know, it's, it's, you know, you don't always know why somebody runs into a lamppost and... Uh, 
I, I just, I, it makes me shudder a little bit to think that cars are designed with that issue. I mean, if you have small feet or normal feet, it doesn't happen, but hey. Now, most cars also are designed now where the, and 1500 is, is a little excessive, but most of the new cars, pretty much all the new cars uh, built for the last five years, if you are stepping on the brake pedal enough that it engages the brake light switch, the accelerator pedal becomes inert mm -hmm. because the accelerator yeah. pedal is now electronic right. and the computer controls the engine. Right. Therefore, if you step on the brake pedal just enough to engage those brake lights, right. your gas pedal will no longer accelerate and the that engine. Was what a great idea. The sudden acceleration problem, and, mm -hmm. and this all says that's the right reason we want autonomous cars because when a car is built for a human being to drive it, they make physical mistakes and mental mistakes. And when yep. we have the fully autonomous all electric car, there could be far fewer accidents. Oh, so much better. Yeah. Be so much better. But to your point, Rick, um, you know, I think that would be an easier option than to be uh, selective about the shoes that you're going to wear. Uh, because uh, let's mention the ladies. Uh, they wear a lot of different types of shoes, and that problem has been going on for an awful long time. Me being one of them, back in my younger day, I would just simply take that shoe off because yep. I had that problem. Mm -hmm. uh, in Josh? South Florida, too, a lot of people wear flip-flops. It's not mm -hmm. safe to drive in flip-flops. They can... Dangerous. Flip underneath the pedal there. Um, yeah. On the autonomous driving, I'm just curious: is will they have to look at the laws? Um, will it be uh, you know having to have a driver's license in a fully autonomous vehicle? Will that be uh, something they'll have to look at? That's what I got my fingers crossed. I think that uh, the question is uh, exactly that: uh, if it's fully autonomous and is judged safer than a car with a human being driving it, I can't imagine why they would care uh, if a blind man drove the car. Exactly. So, uh, in fact, there you go. Uh, people that are uh, hearing impaired, uh, vision impaired, uh, physically any other way impaired, you can have uh, transportation now. Yeah, if, if you're physically impaired in some way, or even mentally for that matter, uh, <clears throat> and you are not qualified to drive a car, autonomous car is something that will give you that freedom. So it's an amazing invention that is so important for so many people. It'll change things that we can't even conceive of right now. Exactly, exactly. Okay. I think we are close to the mystery shopping report time now. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, remember you can vote. And you can vote by texting us your grade for the mystery shop of Riverview Chevrolet Buick GMC of Irwin, Pennsylvania. You can text at 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Six five three zero. So take advantage of that. We'd love to hear from you and know how you feel about the mystery shopping report. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay. Now this was written. By the way, I've given credit to my son Stu Stewart, who is not with us today. He's uh, at home, and Josh is substituting. But he writes this. Josh collaborates, and the mystery shopping person, of course, Agent Lightning. It's a joint uh, cumulative effort for these reports. Uh, and I'm reading it, so I'm just uh, the guy that reads it. <laughs> As you may have guessed last week, Agent Lightning is making her way north, uh, taking her mystery shopping on the road. On our last show was Mike Erdman Nissan of Cocoa Beach. This week, we're back in Pennsylvania. This is the fifth mystery shop we've done in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, one of Agent Lightning's homes away from home. Uh, the two most recent missions happened earlier this year, so you, uh, we've seen what Pennsylvania dealers are doing in the midst of the inventory crisis. 
What we've seen is a lot better than what we see down here in South Florida. As Sindel Subaru, the price was just a hair over MSRP, and the treatment was so good that Agent Lightning's friend actually ordered the car. So <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. She went in on a mystery shopping report with a friend as a cover-up, as a, as a disguise, and the deal was so good, the people were so nice, as Sindel Subaru, that they bought a car. That's got to be a first for yeah. the mystery shopping report. Exactly. At, at uh, Camlin Hyundai, the experience was pleasant. The price was $1,400 over MSRP. Now, if I, you said that three, four years ago, <laughs> I'd say that's a slam dunk. They really got taken advantage of. Now, ironically, $1,400 over MSRP is not a bad deal. From what we've seen, Pennsylvania dealers are making their money just topping MSRP when they're going too crazy. They're probably making the biggest profits of their careers, I can assure you. We are at our dealership. But unlike the dealers down here in South Florida, they're not murdering, they're not <laughs> massacring their customers, not taking advantage, price gouging, and all the other verbiage we can throw at them. Irwin, Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh, uh, the hometown of Nancy Stewart, sitting here to my left, my lovely wife and co-host, <laughs> and, of course, her famous Plymouth Barracuda, her first car. Really? Tell us I've, about I've, that. I've, I've had to find her. I've, okay, I, excuse I me, I have to interrupt the mystery shopping report to talk about my Barracuda. <laughs> we're talking about your Plymouth Barracuda. <laughs> It's a small town that is... Uh, Josh incited this whole thing. That is a small town. Irwin is a small town just outside of... Uh, just about 4,360... 4, about 4,366 yeah. people. Nice string of car dealerships along State Road 30, known locally as the Lincoln Highway. Uh, Riverview, Riverview Chevy is located on the Lincoln Highway in Irwin, Pennsylvania, right next door to the Loom... How do you pronounce that? L-U-E-H-M? Loom? Candy Company. Never heard of it. I've heard of Hershey, and they're in Hershey, Pennsylvania, but I've never heard of Lynn uh, Candy Company. It was in this Norman Rockwell setting where Agent Lightning went to work. Now, here's a report. I'll pretend like I'm Agent Lightning speaking in the first person. I arrived at the dealership late morning and was quickly greeted by a salesman named Brad. I explained I was in town to help my son buy a new car. I said he was attending college in Pittsburgh. Brad began by saying he did not have much inventory to choose from. He said my options were pretty much restricted to small crossovers and SUVs. He asked me to follow him, and he led me to a car across the parking lot. Well, we got in drove to the um, upper level of the lot. I'm not referring to a parking garage. It was just a lot of construction, and there were different elevations on the property. Mm. A, little, a little chaotic. There were 11 new vehicles on display. Brand told me that he had more to choose uh, from in the used car inventory. Mm -hmm just like most dealers. We looked at the cars he had, discussed what would benefit my son the most. We settled on a new 2022 Chevy Equinox LS all-wheel drive. Brad ordered a test drive and offered a test drive and explained he would need to drive us back to the showroom to get the keys. I declined and we went over the car's features instead. Brad focused on safety features, since I'd mentioned safety was a concern I had. I focused on the Monroney label. I focused on the Monroney label. The MS, MSRP was $29,045. That's fairly low by today's Monroney standards. And there was no addendum. Oh. No addendum. That's uh, an anomaly. Mm -hmm. I told Brad I was ready to look at the car at the numbers. So we got in his car, descended the terrain, <laughs> went down the mountain. I'm glad I don't live in Pennsylvania. I, I take that back. I like mountains. I just don't like driving up and down. He led me to his desk. We both took a seat. I asked him 
if they had any incentives I, like rebates or special financing. Brad said I could choose between $1,250 rebate or 0% for 60 months. That's typical. And uh, it was nice that he mentioned the alternative. Sometimes you don't get the alternative mentioned. I said I wanted to see the cash option. Brad excused himself for a few minutes and returned with a worksheet. The selling price was MSRP 29045. The next line showed the promised $1,250 rebate. Whoa! So they were coming off of MSRP, and here's a General Motors rebate of $1,250, bringing the price down from MSRP to $27,975. Now, let's see where we go from here. To that, he added $422 in documentary fee. Now, that's a hidden fee. Uh, dealer fee, whatever you want to call it, but it's pretty small, 422. You know, years and years ago, <laughs> when I had a dealership, a uh, dealer fee, I should say, I had a dealership uh, going back, say, let's say, 20 years. Uh, my deal, my documentary fee, my dealer fee was 495, and that was now there are thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. So, 422 is extremely reasonable, reasonable for an extra fee. And there was $58 for title, $39 registration, a $34 plate, and uh, there was $45, $47 in additional fees. So you add them all together, and you're still only at $598.47. Very low by South Florida standards, mm -hmm. certainly. Then you added sales tax and tax, which is good. And the out-the-door price was $30,456. It looked like the only big junk fee was a $422 dock fee. Uh, so my real price, hang on to your hats, folks. We haven't seen this ever, I don't think. <laughs> ever. I mean, in the past three years. $828 below MSRP. You heard it. I'll repeat it. $828 below MSRP. Almost unbelievable. Brad went over the 0% financing option and asked me to reconsider the certified pre-owned vehicle. He continually apologized for having so few cars. I might mention a little bit, with interest rates going up, you really want to compare those two, the cash mm -hmm. and the interest. Zero percent for 60 months uh, can be a lot of money if you're financing a lot of money. So just do the arithmetic. Uh, my guess is on the average purchase price today, you can save more than $1,250 by going to the zero percent. So I agree. Think about that. I told him his price was very good and he was very helpful, but I needed to go see my son and discuss things with him. Brad walked me to the door and there was no, let me get my manager. There was no, uh, if, you, if you buy today, you'll get an even lower price. There was no Mickey Mouse. It was just delightfully, almost, I get emotional when I think about it. It was just like the way cars should be sold. So. Uh, God bless you, Pennsylvania. <laughs> God bless you, Irwin, Pennsylvania. And God bless you, what's the name of the dealership? Riverview Chevy. Riverview. I mean, uh, what a job. My heart be still. I don't want to, I've already prejudiced the vote, so I, I, can't, I shouldn't say any more. And we need to talk about when you vote. But see, the point is that when the other dealerships say they're all doing it, that's not true. And um, South Florida is the, is, the, is the belly of the beast. And Irwin, Pennsylvania is what? How, how far up? How far up can you go? Uh, the ears. 20 miles south. The ears of the beast. Ir <laughs> Irwin, not even a beast. Irwin, Pennsylvania is it's about 1,200, 1,500 miles from Norman Rockwell. 
Yeah. Norman um, Rockwell. Exactly. Okay, we got any votes coming in? Yeah, I got uh, a couple on the text here. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Wellington <coughs> says that added fee costs the dealership his A. I'll give him a B. Mark gives it a B plus and above average uh, average experience. Bob says A for Riverview Chevy. Wow. Brilliant. Okay, I've got uh, Kyle in Pennsylvania, C in South Florida standards, F in Pennsylvania standards. Ooh, Kyle, hmm. tough. Yeah, you got that tough, wrong. Tough standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. he doesn't like the, any dealer fees. Well, the, uh, you know, you have to go back and look at the archives. Mark, is that Kyle? Kyle, Kyle in Pennsylvania. Kyle. Look at the, look at the go to rollingcars.com and look at the archives, and you will see that our shops in Pennsylvania have been very good. They, yeah. we haven't really had a any bloodthirsty beast in uh, Pennsylvania that I can Rick, recall. Rick, did he give a reason? Uh, no. Well, he's. Kyle does say, uh, I'm from Hershey, Pennsylvania, and live in Florida now. I've bought over 10 cars in Pennsylvania, zero dealer fees ever. Hmm. And he says, Earl Stewart Toyota is like a great Pennsylvania-style dealer dropped in Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Well, maybe we can do Hershey. That's really cool. I mean, yeah. uh, our dealers with no dealer fees at all, we haven't had one of those, so... Uh, thank you very much for the information, and we will uh, ask Agent Lightning, how far is Hershey from Irwin, I wonder? That's just, that a, far. just a hop, skip, and a jump, I'm sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> and pick up some M&Ms while you're yeah. there for me. And <laughs> Negan one, A sounds A-OK to me. Kirk in West by God, Virginia, $800 plus below MSRP for an in-inventory car sounds like a solid A. Like many dealers, not in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, Wayne with an A+. Joseph Kelleher, B. Lower that dock fee a couple hundred bucks and they get an A. Over here on the other one, we've got Tom. A-, minus, very refreshing. Brian, I would give him a B+. Plus. I think Toyota is a better quality vehicle. Mark Ryan with an A-. minus. Tim with a B+. Plus. And Donovan says, give them an A. Really shows how bad dealers are in Florida. Well, that's a, that's a good response. For me, I'm, I say A. If they, if they didn't have the, the dock fee on there, but just the regular, I'd be an A+. Plus, but a, yeah. even so, an A. Yeah. That's Okay, Nancy, you're, uh, you're up. Well, I think with a uh, dock fee, uh, I have to lean on the side of a... Uh, C, uh, because of the uh, dock fee and because of it uh, being um, over MSRP. Uh, no, it was actually below MSRP. Pardon me? It was actually below MSRP with a $1,250 factory rebate. Oh, it, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't take it into consideration, the, the rebate. Okay. Um, my grade is going to go to a B. All right. Very good. I believe that's the highest grade you've ever given any dealer. I believe it is. Well, Nancy's heart grew three sizes that day. Well, thank you for that. I'm, I'm a solid A. Um, just yeah. like you said, we grade, grade on the curve. Um, and in today's market, um, to give the rebate to the customer, not try to keep it for the dealership and raise the price to offset it, I think is, uh, is admirable. So solid A for me. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to go with an A, too. In fact, I, I'm going to call Irwin. Uh, Riverview. Riverview. Riverview and Irwin. And I'm going to thank them. I'm going to tell them uh, who we are and, and let them know that we're anybody in that area, we're referring Pennsylvania area to them mm -hmm. uh, So to uh, to buy their uh, to Toyota, right? Chevy. Chevy, Chevy. Yes. Riverview Chevy. Chevy, Chevy Buick. 
Chevy, very good. So it's refreshing. And uh, yeah. we talked about that uh, last week, I think, or the week before. Uh, Stu, when he wrote it up, he says that uh, small dealerships and uh, family-owned uh, without the public dealerships, typically in small towns. So they, they fit all those goals. I think it's it's a, it's a privately owned dealership. It's not part of a chain, and it's in a small town. So, you know, you listeners out there, put that to use. If you're looking for a uh, looking for a place to shop, try to find one in a smaller town. If you're in a big town, look at the smaller towns in the suburbs and consider uh, maybe one that is not a publicly owned dealership. It's a way to start looking anyway. Absolutely. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we want to thank uh, Agent Lightning, uh, Stu and Josh, uh, for their help with the Mystery Shopping Report uh, from Riverview, excuse me, <clears throat> Riverview Chevrolet Buick GMC of Irwin, Pennsylvania. Uh, and uh, we have uh, about f- five minutes left. Rick? Uh, Kyle just came back. He says, my F was too harsh. But those doc fees aren't necessary, especially if they're willing to go MSRP. So he's switching his grade to a B. Great. And uh, Donovan comes in and says, I would like to see you mystery shop for Ford, Hyundai, or Kia, specifically looking at buying one of their electric vehicle offerings. Oh, great idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's something that is going to be interesting to watch when the electric vehicles come out because... There will be a shortage, I believe, and uh, like with Teslas right now, uh, Nancy wants to buy a Tesla. I, I'm driving a Tesla, and the waiting list is months and months and months. So uh, we'll see if the sellers of the EVs, electric vehicles, are marking them up over MSRP. Yeah. So we'll do that. Uh, thank you very much for the suggestion. Yeah, great. Uh, and you have made me a designated driver, correct? He even, he even got, uh, Earl even got me a chauffeur's hat. Uh, for me to she drives better than I do, and I have to get my score. They have a beta program on my uh, on my uh, iPhone that I measures my driving skills, and you know, uh, f- braking too fast, turning too fast, following too close, all the things. It's a proprietary analog software that Elon Musk has to determine how you drive, and if you get to 100, then you get the autonomous turned on. They're dropping it to 95. I have a score of 98 now, so I let Nancy drive because when she drives, she gets better scores than I do. And uh-huh. then as soon as we get that 95, to we will be fully autonomous. Yeah. Um, and we'll say on Saturday mornings, take us to the radio show, and we'll be talking to each other. But I'll have my hands poised over the wheel because you still mm. have to do that. Yeah, the yoke, Better safe than sorry. The yes. yoke and everything that comes with it, it really re- requires a whole lot of focus, and I'm, I really mean focus. And it is just a talent that you acquire by using the car over and over again. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this Saturday morning. We definitely enjoy your company. And we wish you all a great weekend. See you right back here Saturday morning at 8 a.m.